Welcome. My name is Paula Ramirez and this is Chicana Mom Podcast. This podcast is dedicated to all the hardworking Chicana moms and their familias. We talk about life, parenting, the emotions we go through as human beings, the journeys of the struggles and triumphs, life stories, God, education, music, and more. I strongly believe we're connected in this world. Unidas creamos cambio. Querer es poder. Now let's get started. Welcome Chicana Moms. How are you doing today? Well, I have to say for me, um, on a Sunday, it's always like very chill, very, um, how can I say it? I always try to organize myself on Sundays, wash my sheets, um, clean my house so that I can start Monday in a very refreshed home. And I love Sundays and I look forward to Mondays. That's crazy because when I was younger, I was like, here comes Mondays. But I have figured out ways to do things that I love um, in my home and for myself. So also on Sundays, one of the things that I love to do is to pamper myself. I do my own manicures, my own pedicures. And I do that because I don't think all these like um, nail places are pretty clean. So I do my own. I hope I have actually a lot of non-toxic nail polishes that are vegan and it's so nice because I can choose my colors, change them whenever I want. Um, so yeah, that's what I do on a Sunday. What else do I do on Sunday? Oh, something is that I try not to cook. It's kind of like our cheat day as a family. There's times where I do cook. Um, but majority of the time Sundays, I'm just like, you know what? We're just going to splurge on some pizza from the specific place that we love. Um, but if I am in the mood of cooking, I will. But Sundays, normally I'm just like, uh, I don't feel like cooking. I'm going to focus on the home. But also, I must say that right now um, for school, there's a lot of papers that I have to do. So Sunday mornings, actually Saturday mornings and Sunday mornings, I wake up early and I do my papers so that I don't have to drag on and be like typing a paper like at midnight when my brain's like not even with me. So I don't like to work that way. So I like to be very organized. So I guess Sundays, that's what my Sundays look like. Um, but today, you know, I was just thinking like I have these topics that I want to share with you on my podcast, but for some reason I just felt the need to share with you guys something today. Um, it's going to be more of a story time and it's an experience that I'm pretty sure I, my family and I are not the only ones that have experienced this. Um, and what I mean by that is like being robbed in Mexico, um, nos asaltaron in Mexico, en el Distrito, Distrito Federal, um, in Mexico City. And I want to share with you that because that's something that has always, like, I, I definitely know that's one of my biggest traumas that I experienced in my life. Um, and I might get emotional here and there <laughs> because every time I think of this situation, it's just like, ugh, it's just insane. And it happened years ago. But anyways, um, 
I just felt the need of sharing this with you. And I think also for me to vent and just to kind of get over this, this thing that happened to my parents, my brother and myself. So I'm going to share with you a story time de mi vida when I was little. Now let's get started. Okay, so I'm going to start off by giving you as many details as possible of this story. So when I was about, I think I was like seven years old, uh, my parents were talking to my uncles and they were just talking about how they missed Mexico and how they just wanted to go visit. So I don't know exactly all the details, but that's something I remember my mom telling me that they were just talking about, oh, we should go take a trip, uh, vámonos para México. Um, they just decided for some reason to drive. It's insane. I don't even know how many days it took us to get there, but it took us days, obviously. But um, at back then, my parents owned this white van, um, and that's what we that's what we left in. So I remember at seven years old seeing like all of my uncles. It was actually my uncle and his family, and then there was another uncle and his family, and then it was us. So it was three different families. So what I remember is each family member had walkie-talkies because obviously back then there was no such thing as cell phones. So we wanted to make sure that we stayed in contact with each other just in case anything happened. So that's one of the things I remember. And I remember just packing the van like, you know, my parents were excited. Like they made us also excited because they would tell us, you're going to see your abuelita, you're going to see your abuelito, you're going to see all your aunts and your uncles and I was like, oh my God, you know, I think as a little girl um, growing up in California and not being able to see my grandmothers and my grandpa because they couldn't unfortunately cross over, um, it, it sucked, you know, and I remember growing up going to school and it was grandparents day and I wanted my grandparents, but knowing that I was going to go and see them was like so much fun. And I took my toys and, you know, cause my brother, um, Andy, he's actually two years younger than me. So I think he was like five years old, um, when we left on that trip. So like I said, it took us days to get there. Uh, the first place that we arrived was my maternal grandmother's home, mi abuelita Maria and my grandfather, Sebastian. And they actually lived, I can't even, um, I don't know if it's, no, I might, I was going to say the name of the city, but honestly, I might be confusing it. Chiconaula, I think that's what it's called, if I'm not mistaken. But anyways, we arrived there in uh, Mexico City. We were with my grandmother and my grandpa and my aunt, um, Christy, and we were just there. It was so much fun because obviously if your grandmother loves to cook, they would make beans. And this is one of the things I remember going on a trip, seeing my grandmother uh, make beans, machucados, with salsa verde, just 
freshly salsa verde in those tortillas from the tortillería. They're bomb. You put a little bit of salt, you roll that thing up and eat it. That was like the best. So I remember going to las tortillerías in Mexico with my aunt and then or my grandmother and just coming back and just, you know, throwing in those um, smashed beans onto my tortilla freshly made with salsa verde oh my god I so love that I don't think I've ever had a taco like that ever in my life since then but we were there with my grandmother my maternal grandmother and my maternal grandfather Um, but because my dad's family and my mom's family they were from the same I guess little town um the city a city called La Presa and El DF, that they they knew each other. A lot of my family members from my mom's, a lot of fam- a lot of family members from my dad, they all they know each other. So we just I guess decided. Well, my parents decided. Okay, now let's go spend um, the rest of the time with which was my dad's side of the family. So we they actually live a little farther now, like because they all kind of scattered out. But um, one of my aunts actually lives in an area, I think that city I do know for a fact is called Las, uh, Ciudad Nesa. And it's pretty crazy there, unfortunately, of what I've heard and also because of the experiences that we went through. And I'll get to that in a bit. But we went to my aunt, um, my aunt's house, my, my dad's sister. And I remember just playing with little like... Um, those like how what do you call it those like a dish dish set like a play set to, to pretend like you're cooking and like for little girls and I remember playing with that and she gave me all of the ones she had and she gave me a molcajete I remember that so anyways we spent time with my aunt and we spent time with my other aunt and it was already getting late um so you know my mom said you know we we gotta go so we got into the van and remember, we drove out there. This is a van with license plates of California. So obviously, we're going to stand out. This is something that my mom told me. I honestly don't, can't give you specific so many details of like the city, the street and all that. But I can tell you that my mom did tell me that my dad went through a route, which was the most dangerous route in that area in Nessa. And because my dad actually, he grew up in the Efe, but obviously things change. So he assumed probably, oh, nothing is going to happen. And this is where it gets crazy for us as a family. So as we are leaving my aunt's house, um, we pack everything into the van and I was really tired. It was really late uh, and I think that made it even worse um, going through that street, whatever street my dad decided to go through. But um, it was my brother Andy and myself. My mom actually, which I forgot to mention, she was pregnant with my little brother Freddie. So when we got into the van... I automatically, I just, I knocked out. My brother did too. I took off my shoes because I had some like botas trying to be all like Mexican and everything. I remember taking them off and I was asleep. All of a sudden, the car stops and I hear men. So I wake up and I see men with guns. 
you guys, it wasn't guns like handguns. It was like, I don't know how you say it. Um, my, oh my God, I can't even say the word, but they're big guns. And I remember one of them sitting in the back with us. They told my mom to go back with us. Um, actually, it was my mom or my dad or both. Um, I think it was my dad. They told my dad to go, come to the back and I started crying. I freaked out. My brother did too because there was men with guns. Um, my dad was with us in the back. My mom, I don't remember if she actually stayed in the passenger side or they actually told her to go to the back. That I can't really remember because I was just so in shock. And um, I just also remember the men telling them, Díganle a sus niños que se callen, nada va a pasar. Nada malo va a pasar. Díganle a sus niños que se callen. In other words, like tell your kids to be quiet, nothing bad is going to happen. But obviously, how the F do we know that, right? So I don't know how long it took, but that was like the longest ride of my life. I don't remember how long they drove, but it, it to me, it seemed like forever. Because in the van that we were in, there was no windows in the back, so we couldn't really see. We could only see like the road ahead, but um, it was just everything happened so fast. So... They actually took us underneath a bridge in Mexico City and they told my parents and, and my brother and me to get off of the van. We got off of the van and I just remember it was so dark. My mom told my dad, let's go hide. We, you guys, we were hiding in trash. And It just scares me and like to even think that they could have they could have killed us. Um now as an adult I found out that they put a gun in my father's head and and to know that I could have lost my dad it's it's, it's just scary. Um we were hiding in the trash because we heard a motorcycle from far away and we thought it was probably them coming back to, to kill us. And thankfully, it was just a random person passing by. So what my dad did is he climbed up, up a little hill to get out of that bridge and we all followed. I didn't have shoes because like I told you, I knocked out. I took off my shoes. I remember grabbing one boot, actually. And I just, they were kicking us out so fast that I couldn't even get the, my other boot. But everything that we had in that van, our clothes, I mean, just our camera, just, I mean, everything, you name it, it was in that van. So my dad gets on top of the bridge and he's able to weigh down waved down a, a truck and this man actually gave us a ride to my grandmother's home, my maternal grandmother's. Um, and I remember getting there to my grandmother's house so scared. I was so scared. I remember my mom telling me, okay, just go to sleep. 
Everything's going to be okay. But I needed more comfort. But I, as an adult now, I understand. Like my mom and my dad, my dad were, were so scared. So my brother and I tried our best to sleep, which is really difficult for me, I know. I remember just laying in the bed at seven-year-old, just, just super scared to know that we were almost going to die. I needed a hug. I needed that. And that was just like the worst fear I had ever felt. I remember hearing my mom and my dad and my grandparents just talking about the situation. But then um, they went to the delegación where the police were at. Um, But obviously, what the fuck are they going to do? You know, like the narcs, I think, are the ones that govern Mexico. I'm um, that's how I'm perceiving it. So they went. And my mom. My dad actually came back to the United States because he had to work. But my mom actually stayed back. Why? I, I, I don't know. I'm assuming because she wanted to look for the van. But I'm thinking like, come on, mother. You're not ever going to find that van here. But we stayed there for a while. Um, they never found the van, obviously. Um, I don't know what my mom was really doing and this is a topic that we actually haven't really talked about in like years but I just felt the need of like sharing this with you guys so um we didn't find the van but throughout the times that we were there my mom obviously knew that my brother and I and herself um pasamos por un susto grande and for many of you who are not aware of what they call, I guess, curanderas, um, or limpias. Uh, the limpias are some, it's, it's a ritual of just, I guess, purifying whatever negativity you're carrying. So my mom, I remember her taking me to a curandera and they were doing the, they had like a bunch of like leaves and they would spit water on my face and they would do some sort of like prayer so I guess that was my mom's way of like healing my my trauma which okay maybe it worked I don't know (laughs) but I'm pretty scared to go to Mexico by myself and I miss my family very much and I wish I could go but it really scares me um I mean, to go out as an adult, even years later, though, my mom did send me to um, the city of Mexico when I was 13 years old for a whole month with my aunt. Um, so I guess I was fine. Maybe I'm over it. I don't know. But I know sometimes with trauma, things creep up later on in time when you least expect it. But because I don't want that to happen for me, it, I just rather speak about it and not let it haunt me and just. I don't know. I've talked about this story so many times with other people. Um, But I felt that in this podcast, I want you to hear a story about a Chicana. You know, the way that I was raised, the things that I have learned, um, the things that I feel and how I perceive life. 
and yet sharing with you the things I have learned in, in my education. But overall, just to express to you a little bit about my life, um, because I honestly know for a fact that I am not the only Chicana that has experienced assaltos uh, when visiting Mexico. Or, well, TJ, where it's Mexico, I mean, I don't know, I'm pretty sure. And the reason I say fact, because I've spoken to other other people and they've shared their experience of like, you know, being robbed, being kidnapped. It's just, it's fucking insane. But that is what happened. And it is just so crazy because I think at that moment it was God protecting us. I'm a strong believer in La Virgen de Guadalupe. So I strongly believe that they were protecting us. Um, and I'm just so grateful to have my father alive, my mother, my baby brother that was in the womb. Because whenever there's a crazy traumatic experience, sometimes mothers can give birth at very at that moment sometimes and lose the baby. And I'm so grateful for that. Because my little brother is like my biggest support ever, along with my other brother. We're very united, you guys, and I love my brothers very much, just to throw that in. Um, And I'm just grateful for living and not um, having to end my life under a bridge with trash. It's just fucking crazy how I'm even saying that right now. So... I encourage you that whatever, whenever you go and visit Mexico, Mexico is beautiful though, you know, but there's a lot of poverty and it is corrupted. I mean, fuck, the United States at some point is corrupted too. I mean, what country at some extent is not, right? But either way, I think that every country has its bad and it has its good. But if you do travel um, to Mexico City or anywhere that you have heard and known that is dangerous, please travel with someone that you know is very confident of what area is safe and what area is not. You know, don't take your jewelry. Don't try your best to not stand out. Because I have heard stories of people not making and not coming back after their trip in Mexico. And that's just, it's crazy to know that things like that exist, you know? Well, that's the story of my experience in Mexico when I was younger. Um, Thank God, thank God, I have not ever experienced that ever again in my life, and I hope not to. I hope no one does. Um, It's a very scary situation to go through. But as I think of this story... Um, it just, it just takes me to a reflection of life, of how things can change in an instant. And sometimes we take that for granted, you know, it's just insane. But this story of mine is something that is part of me. That even if it was so scary and traumatic for me, um... It helps me understand other people who have experienced the same things. Working as a, well, I don't say working because I'm not getting paid, but 
you know, doing this internship for my MSW program and hearing some stories of some clients experiencing trauma. Um, all the trauma at the end of the day, obviously it's so different, you know, the scenarios, the stories are different. But at the end of the day, trauma is trauma. There's certain things that always impact us very profound that can interfere with our daily living sometimes if we get stuck there. But I think as individuals, we just need to make sure that we understand that it's okay to ask for help when we experience certain traumas um, in our lives. And asking for help is not considered weakness. Asking for self is, uh, I'm sorry, asking for help it's actually considered um, a strength because you are willing to grow. You know, we can't grow if we don't step out of our comfort zone. And the reason I'm talking about asking for help is because I think at some extent when I was growing up, um, I never really saw that approach of my mother seeking for like a therapist like mental health services it was more like um, let's go get a limpia um, which okay if it worked it worked you know I mean I'm pretty sure it did <laughs> uh, because I believe in a lot of like natural things but I don't also believe in like also curanderas I do all this like like devil stuff like no I don't like that stuff but I'm talking about more of the positive, like cleansing. That's that I do believe. But I think that if my mom would have gravitated to receiving, for me to receive like mental health services growing up and just for me to talk to someone and give me more words and tools to overcome certain fears of like, you know, of things that I was experiencing back then, um, I think there would have been amazing but you know what it didn't happen it didn't happen but I guess God you know puts us in a path that is just like okay now here you go so I didn't receive mental health services in the past now being a therapist an intern and learning so much throughout my MSW program it has really impacted my life in a very profound amazing approach Honestly, I think that growing up in a Mexican family, it's like, es, un psicólogo, un terapeuta es para locos. No, it's not. No, it's not. We are all here on this planet to help each other, you know? And I think that if we're open-minded as, Hispanics, Latinos, Mexicanos, to be open, to receive therapy from that specific appropriate professional. And I have to say like that because there's so many professionals with so many different styles that in order to receive the appropriate wealth uh, approach of therapy for you, you have to do your homework as to the type of therapist that is a fit for you. I always tell it to my clients, do your homework. You're going to be sitting down in front of another human being sharing your life story. And you want to make sure you do it with someone that you feel comfortable with. And it makes a big deal. 
But either way, that's my story of today. I'll kind of uh, sprinkle some story times here and there in this podcast. But I did want to share with you my experience as a Chicana living in California, going to Mexico on a family trip and getting assaulted, robbed, mugged. Well, I don't say mugged. Mugs meaning they get physical. They didn't touch us. But I mean, we're not physically, but shit, they did touch us emotionally and psychologically, which is, I think, even more profound. But either way, I thank you for listening to me. Have a beautiful day, an amazing week. Breathe, believe in yourself, because I know I do. <laughs> Let's breathe for positivity. Let's create love. And unidas creamos cambio. Pero solo con acción, right? All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to me. I will come back soon next Sunday. Or is that how should I end it? Come back soon? No, you come back soon? Or I will be here soon. Anyways, whatever. <laughs> At the end of the day, have a beautiful night. I say Sunday night because right now it's Sunday. And you'll hear me again soon. Take care. Bye. Bye.